Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to start this morning. Good. Everybody in a good mood this morning? Why are you in a good mood? Anybody tell me why you're in a good mood? Because God is good. God loves you, right? Man, we've been talking for the last month that, that you know, God loves me. Amen? And, and because He loves me, I can, I can be in a good mood every single day. And I can, I can enjoy uh, I can enjoy my relationship with Him. I can enjoy uh, I can enjoy life because God loves me. Come on, if He loves me, if God truly loves me, like His Word says it does, then guess what? That means that He'll take care of me. That means that He's gonna He's gonna make sure that everything I have, everything I need, I have, and everything that everything that comes up, He's prepared me. We've said this time and time again, but if it shows up on your front door, you can handle it. Amen. Amen. You might say, well, I don't know whether I can or not. Well, God loves you. Yeah, you can handle it. If you have that revelation about that God loves you. Amen. All right. I got to get you all a little bit more excited. All right. This is this is a good message this morning. Amen. Listen, 2020, uh, the last Sunday of 2020. Here we are. And, uh, you know, Wow. How can we describe 2020? <clears throat> you know, uh, some of us have had good years. Some of us have had bad years. Some of us have, have had an in-between year. And some of us have uh, don't want to talk about it. You know, and we just want to forget about 2020 and, and the, whole, the whole gamut, right? I mean, the, the, whole, the whole scope of everything is, is uh, uh, how you would describe 2020. Well, you know, I, I, as I was preparing today, cause, because I want to share with you the word the Lord gave me for 2021 and, and kind of the direction that we're going to be heading in, in uh, uh, 2021 as far as the ministry and, and what we're going to be talking about the first part of the year anyway. Um, I got to thinking about some of the things that happened in 2020. And I want to, let's take a journey back for, for just a couple minutes. And let's remember the word the, word the Lord gave us at the beginning of 2020 was that we were going to see things the way God saw them. You know, and we talked about that the first the whole the first couple months, of course, I guess until really uh, until everything kind of changed for everybody. You know, in February and March, we talked about seeing seeing ourselves the way God sees us. We talked about you know, and really that another way you could say that another another word that we could use for that would be we talked about our identity. Who who are we? You know, how does God see us? And how many of you know that there is a huge difference between the way most people see themselves and the way God sees them? You know, most people see themselves just through um, through the eyes of of the natural. They see all the failures. They see all the mistakes. They see all the the shortcomings. They see the you know all of the 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 times they've messed up. They 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 see all the negative things. But you know, aren't you glad that God doesn't look at all of our negatives? You know, the Bible says that He is not imputing our sin against us. When God sees us, He sees us through the blood of Jesus. In other words, here, here's what we could say. And we, and we saw some of these scriptures. You know, we looked at these a lot uh, all throughout the year. But when God sees you and when He sees me, He sees us just like His Son. He sees, he sees the finished product. He sees all the good things that He's put on the inside of you, that He's prepared you for. He sees you succeeding in everything you do. He sees you becoming the masterpiece that He has painted 
The Bible says that, that, that we are His masterpiece. That's, what, that's, what, that, that's the way God sees you. So, so at the beginning of the year, we started learning about, or we started talking about, seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And then lo and behold, COVID hit, right? The end of February, 1st of March. And man, uh, really life changed for everybody, didn't it? I mean, not only just you know South Carolina, not just the East, coast, but for, for the country and really for the world. Yeah. I mean, life changed for everybody. It's different. I mean, you know, and, and so, so this wasn't something that just happened to a select few people. This happened to everybody. And what were some of the words that God gave us, you know, when this happened? One of the words we, we, I, I shared it there in the offering. One of the words that, that, uh, that God gave us when this, when, you know, at the first of this, uh, the, the COVID epidemic or whatever you want to call it, was that we were going to come out of it in better shape than we came into it. And we spoke that all throughout. I mean, for the rest of the year, and even, even this morning I spoke that. We've been speaking that throughout the whole year. And I want to tell you, I, I, I can stand before you and tell you this, that as a church, now our numbers necessarily, if you looked at the numbers necessarily, may not be the same numbers as we had at the first of the year because some people are still you know, still feel like they need to stay home. And that's fine. I mean, we totally understand that. And they're watching online and, and, you know, and we, and we totally understand that. Not, no condemnation in that at all. But, but as far as the church as a whole goes, I would say that we are stronger today than we were back at the first of 2020. Thank God for that. Man, that is a miracle. That you just think that, that through a pandemic, through, through everything that's happened in the whole world, that a local body, a local church, could actually grow and, and actually get stronger in the midst of that, in the midst of something that really, in my opinion, designed to tear the church apart and to weaken the church. You know, to keep everybody isolated, not, not coming together. But we, I believe that that word the Lord gave us, that we are, we are going to be stronger on the, uh, coming out of this than we were when we came into it, I believe that word has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled even today. I believe we are stronger today, and and one of the main reasons I believe that is I believe that is true is because of the word the Lord gave us to begin. Because we had to start seeing things the way God saw them, and we had to start looking at things the way He did. Because right in that, now that right around this same time, you remember it was right around Easter that we were going to put a roof on this building and put siding on the building. And we were we were going to raise money, and I started I started second guessing and started asking the Lord, well, Lord, should we put that off? You know, here we are in the middle of this pandemic, and here we are, you know, asking people to give extra money when they're talking. People are losing their jobs, and and not the the future is unsecure, and don't really know what's going on. And then the Lord spoke to me that day, and man, I mean, and, and it, it, you know, I I still get chills when I think of those words the Lord spoke to me. The Lord just asked me this question. He just said, Stephen, he said, he said, nothing in heaven, or actually he says, he says, what has changed? He said, nothing in heaven has changed. So he said, why are you changing? Come on. I mean, and see, so when, so when we got back to seeing things the way God saw them, we said, no, hey, let's go ahead and do this. And guess what? We put the roof and the siding on the, on the church totally paid for, 100%. Glory to God. In the middle of a pandemic. 
We're, we're coming through this in better shape than we w- went into it. Amen. Our building is in better shape than when we started this year. Amen. Come on. So, so we, so we, you know, so we talked about that and we learned about that, about how that nothing in heaven has changed because of what's happening here on the earth. And when we see things the way God sees them, then all of a sudden our perspective should be changed, should change too. Because see, because one thing that we learned is this, is that we do not allow the natural circumstances to determine our, what, what we're believing for in the spirit. In other words, we don't allow the natural circumstances to change, to change us and to make us be less of a believer. And actually what we should do is when we see things down here on the, in the natural going crazy, we should press in more spiritually. And we should, we should be saying consistently, God, what are you seeing? What are you doing? God, what, you know, what, what is it that I need to be doing in this? Because, because obviously this down here is not working very good. I need to get your plan. I need to see how you see this. So then we, so as the year went on, we started talking about the names of God. We, you know, uh, because one of the things that we learn is this. One of the things that I learned through this and what God started showing me was this is that if we're going to see things the way God sees them, and we're going to start understanding that, we have to know who He is. We have to know why, he's, why He sees things that way. You know, why does, he not, why does, why does God not get anxious when, when things down here go crazy? You know, why is He not nervous when all the news report says this or says that? Well, why, why is that? It's because God is unchangeable. He's, he's forever the same. Amen. And we started looking at His names. We went through like 12 names. It took us about 16 weeks, I think. We went through about 12, about 12 different names of God that showed us His attributes, showed us His characteristics. It revealed to us who He was and who He wanted to be for us. And then after the Names of God series, the last, the last month or month and a half or so, we've been talking about Getting the revelation that God loves me. And understanding, because of who He is, we can now understand that He loves me. And if we understand, listen, I mean, just the progression of that. If we see things the way God sees them, we understand why He sees it, we understand who He is and who He wants to be for us, and we understand that His love for us is incredible. I mean, he, you know, His, his passion and His love for us uh, is just, I mean, we can't, we don't even really, to be honest with you, we don't even have anything to compare that with. And if, if we just get those revelations that we got in 2020, uh, 2020, man, then we should be, we should be like on a rocket catapulting into 2021. So, so when I started praying about 2021, um, you know, and, and sometime, I don't know, a few months back, I, I, you know, I started praying about it. And the Lord started talking to me about these things. Uh, I remember I went to a conference and, and uh, I, heard, I heard a minister use these words and he preached a sermon on this. And I thought it was good at the time and, and I just kind of made mental note of it. And then, but, but it seemed like from that time I started seeing it everywhere. It's, the Lord just kept bringing it up and kept bringing it up. So, so I started meditating on it and thinking about it more and, and praying about it. And it seemed like that, that that was what the Lord was speaking to me. About 2021. And here, and here's what it is. It's, it's two words. 
But it's two words that will radically change your life anytime that you apply them. Anytime that you allow them to, to become a reality in your life. And here's the two simple words. But God. And, and here's what the Lord said, because I looked it up, and as, as, as I was studying it, over 50 times, almost 50 times in the Word, I think it's 48 times in the Word, those two words are used together, but God. And one thing we learn about it, and we're, over the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, digging a little bit deeper into those two words and seeing how those two words can make such a difference in our life. Because, see, here's, here's the reality of those two words. Those two words mean this. Before, you know, the word, the word but is a conjunction, right? It connects what comes after it with what happens before. So most of the time when you see those two words, now probably about half the time I would say, because some other times it's just a conjunction, just tying things in together, but about half of the times that you see that in the word, and, and we're going to look at these, we'll look at about three or four today, uh, just to lay the foundation on it, but but most of the, about half the time, I keep saying most, but about half the time, we find that, that what came before it was really bad. And then you have the two words, but God. And then what follows it is really good. And when you, when you allow, or when you have a but God moment, things radically change in your life. Pastor, what, what in the world are you talking about? Well, we can say it like this. Well, the doctor's report came back and said that I had cancer. But God had something else to say about it. And, and He totally healed me. The doctor's report, or the, you know, financial report said I'll never be able to afford a new house. But God worked it out and now I'm living in a new house. You know, my family was falling apart and everybody said, just leave, just, just leave and leave her, leave him or, or, you know, you don't need to be, you don't need to be part of, you don't need to have all that baggage. But God had something else to say. And now our family's stronger than it's ever been. You see, the before can be pretty bad. You can, you can, I mean, and you look at, look, listen, you realize all it takes is one phone call and your world can be turned upside down. You get a phone call from a relative. Hey, I got bad news. Mom, dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle. You know, car wreck or heart attack or, you know, something happened and, and they died. Well, guess what? That one phone call can ch- change your life. You know, you think, you think of this. You go to work one day and all of a sudden the news breaks that your company's downsizing and half the people are losing their job. Pretty pretty serious stuff, isn't it? I mean, one one thing. You get a doctor's reporter. You get an unexpected deal. You're doing good. You're thinking everything's going fine and your car breaks down. You know, your motor blows up. Now all of a sudden you're stuck without a car. Can't get to work. You see, one one thing can happen. And it can turn your, turn, put your world in a, in a spin that you feel like you have no control over. What do you do when you don't know what to do? See, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about turning those moments into a but God moment. To where, man, everything looked like it was going to hell in a handbasket. But God came through 
and save the day. You know, and, I mean, you, you could go down through the list and, and you see, because here, here's really, to be honest with you, here's what we do. And here's, here's the, the thing that I want to make us aware of today to get us out of this, to get us out of this habit as we go into 2021. We say things like this. Well, I know, I, I know, I know that I need to go to the doctor, but I, I don't really want to face the fact of what he's going to say. You know, I know, I know I need to forgive this person, but I'm just so mad right now, I just can't, I just, I just, I just can't forgive them. You know, I know I need to change. I know I need to stop that. But I have tried and tried and tried and I've never been able to, to stop. You know, I know that, I know this needs to, I know I need to trust God more, but I just, you know, I just feel like I have to have, I just feel like I need to have control over it. And when I, when I take my hands off of it, you know, it just, I just can't do that. You see, the thing that's, the thing, the common denominator in all those statements I just made was, but I. I know this needs to happen, but I can't do that. I know this, but I'm afraid. I know this, but I am angry. I know this, but I just can't seem to... I always fail when I try that. And I want us to replace that this year, this coming year in 2021, when we have those moments when, we, when we're tempted to say, but I, whatever, that we turn it around and we say, but God can handle it. God can take my messes and turn them out and make masterpieces. God can take disaster and turn out and make something beautiful. But God can do something that I can't do. So let's change our but eyes to but God's. Amen? But God can do this. 2021 is going to be a but God year. Man, I, I am praying... Listen, my, as I was praying this, this week and... Leading up to leading up to today, as I was going to minister this, I was telling the Lord, you know, I want I want to have so many but God testimonies. I want you guys to be flooding my email, flooding my text, flooding my phone. Say, Pastor, I got another but God testimony. You know, God, hey, hey Pastor, listen to this one. You, you're not going to believe it. But God. Now, some of you are already having them. Some of you've been having them. Some of you, some of you live a but God life, and that's what I want all of us to do. I want all of us to live a lifestyle of we're constantly saying, you know, people say, "Man, that was bad, wasn't it?" Yeah, but God, let me tell you what God did. Let me, let me brag on God for a minute because because if it wasn't for Him, I'd be in a mess. But God showed up. <laughs> you know, isn't that isn't that awesome? So 2021 is going to be a is going to be a but God year. So let's look here in Ephesians chapter two, and I want to. We're going to look at about three or four instances this morning, and uh, and just just to set the stage and and just to to kind of lay the foundation of where we're going. And uh, man, this is exciting a, a, a but God experience. Let, let me ask you this question, and I, I would I would think well, I would think that everybody probably has had that, but. But how many of you would say that you've had a but God experience at some point in your life? Yeah, I mean, just about every hand in the room, just about. You know, and so, so what, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, bringing something totally new to you. You know, we've all had a but God moment. We've all experienced those times when, 
when we thought it was going to turn out one way, but God showed up and it turned out another way. You know, we've all had those instances where, where we didn't see a way, but God was a way maker. <laughs> you know, we, we didn't know, we didn't know how, what was going to happen, but God was the promise keeper and kept His promise. Amen. And, and then, you know, all we could do is stand there and raise our hand and say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Right? So let's look here in Ephesians chapter 2, because I want us, I want us to, to see and, and start looking for areas in our life to where we can have but God moments. Because see, here's the reality of this, even as I get into this, uh, here's the reality of this. We are not, God is not gonna, He's not gonna knock you down to bring a but God moment. He's not gonna force you to have a but God moment. You have to invite Him into the situation. You have, to, you have to be willing to say, Lord, you can change any plans I have. God, any, whatever, this mess that I'm, that I'm trying to fix in my own right here, I invite you to come in and, and do something. And, 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 and I want a but God moment right here in this situation. You know, you have to be able to, you have to be willing to invite Him in to, to have a but God moment. Listen. Man, I mean, so many thoughts are going through my spirit right now. You know, some of you, some of you right now have situations at home with your family that, that you've just given up on. Some of you watching on, on Facebook there and, and, and that'll be watching this later, listen, listening to it. You've, you've had situations and you've, you've got situations where you think there's no way this person is too far gone. This person's done too much. This person, they'll never, you know, they'll never be able to get back right. Our relationship will never be what it was. But God wants something to say about that. God wants you to allow Him to come in and to change whatever it is that needs to be changed. God just wants the opportunity. He just wants you to say, say, you know, here, let me crack the door, God. <laughs> you know, he just he just wants the opportunity, the invitation to come in, and he will be there. Right. Amen. So so don't you know? As long, if, listen, if you're still breathing and you're still and your heart's still beating, there's still an opportunity for a but God moment. It's never too late. Amen. Let's look here, and and this is this is a classic example here in in Ephesians chapter two. Scriptures we all know. You know, I, I, you can read Ephesians 1 from verses 15 through 23. That's the, the prayer that Paul prayed. That's one of the prayers that we pray, uh, you know, a lot during the, during our prayer times and different things. And I pray, I pray those prayers quite a bit. Uh, the Paul's, the prayers that Paul prayed for the church. And then you come down to chapter 2 though. And, and Paul says this as he's writing to the, to the church at Ephesus. And he says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature Children of wrath, just as the others. Now let's stop there just for a moment. That's a pretty bad picture. Paul said, Paul said, every one of us, at one time, we were disobedient. We, we did nothing but fulfilled the, the lust of our flesh. 
Whatever we thought, we did. If it felt good, we did it. If, if regardless of who it hurt, regardless of what, what the consequences were, we were sons and daughters of wrath. We, we were, we were obeying our father, the devil. And he says, everybody was like that. Everybody in this room is like that. At one time, we were all disobedient and we were all sinners. We were all on our way to hell. And if the scripture stopped right there, you know, boy, we'd be in a mess. You know, we'd, we'd all just look at each other and shake our heads and say, well, we might as well enjoy it while it lasts. But I'm so glad that verse 4 is in there. Because look at verse 4. Ephesians 2 verse 4. Ephesians 2 4 says this. But God. <laughs> we were all once dead. We were all in our sins. We were all once just terrible people and, and did what we wanted to do. But God showed up. Come on. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us. There that goes back to what we talked about for the last month. Why, you know, what did God do? The but God moment was that God showed His love toward us. Glory to God. Even, even when we were dead in our sins and trespasses, God loved us. He goes on to say this, that he says that in the next verse. Even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Praise God. But God showed up when we were least deserving. God showed up when we were at our worst. God showed up and said, son, daughter, I love you. Yeah, but you don't know. We, we looked at the story of the prodigal last week. The, what, what we call the prodigal son. But, but you know, we, we saw that story last week. And remember, the, the, I asked you that question, at what point in that story did God love the Son the most? And, and His love, the answer to that was it was all the same. His love toward His Son never changed. It was a consistent love. It was a faithful love. He loved Him when he was, when he, from the time He was born until the end of the story that we read when He came home and He's in the house partying you know, with, with all of the servants. God, the Father, who represents God, loved Him the same. And you see, that's the way it is with you and I. God loves us the same from the very beginning of time until the end of time. The question is, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to allow a but God moment to come into your life and realize that you need Him? Realize that there's a point in your life where you, where you have to say, I can't do this anymore, but God can. And I have to give my life to Him. I have to allow Him to come into my life. I have to yield to Him and submit to Him because I can't do this, but God can. Hallelujah. Amen. Each time that little word but appears, each time it appears, God supplies the contrast to our limitless, our limits, our, our liabilities, our failures. And God puts that little conjunction but in there. And he says, but God takes our failures, 
and He turns them into successes. He takes our liabilities and turns them into uh, victories. Hallelujah. It's the difference, and here, and here it is. This goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of, of, of what we looked at at the beginning of this year. It really goes back to looking, looking at things, the difference between human perspective and God's perspective. Human perspective is to the, is to the left of the butt. I'm dead in sin. I'm a horrible person. I do, you know, I, I just fulfill the lust of my flesh. Then God shows up, but God, and on the right hand side of the butt, He says, but now, now you are saved. Now God showed His love toward you. Now you are a masterpiece. You're His masterpiece. Amen. Let's look at a couple more here. Uh, Psalms 73. Look at, there's two or three instances in Psalms, in the book of Psalms, that David, that David Pensing, we'll look at one today. Psalm 73. And verse 26. Look at verse, we'll start with verse 25. He says this, he says, Whom have I in heaven but you? You know, it, it may not be a, it may not be, it may not say but God there, but he says but you. The you he's referring to is God. He said, who do I have in heaven but you? But, you know, you're the only one. He says, there is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. Then look at verse 26. David said this. He said, my flesh and my heart fail. Anybody ever felt that way? Anybody ever felt like that? It may be literal or it may be, you know, symbolic, but it felt like your heart's just failed and and your flesh has failed and and you, you failed and everything's failed and there's no hope. That's what David cried out. He said, he said, my heart and my flesh have failed. But then notice the rest of the verse. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. What David was saying was just simply this. In the natural, things are messed up. But God came in and God brought the strength back in my life. He is my portion. He is my victory. He is the reason I succeed. The only reason I'm saved, the only reason that I, that I can do, have anything is because God loves me. But God showed up on the scene in my life. Amen. Look at, uh, we're in the Old Testament. Look at 1 Samuel. Just go back a couple books there. 1 Samuel. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Man, there's some, there's some good stories in here about some but God moments. You know, because see, this, this is the story of David. And, you know, man, David, if you ever, and, and I'm going to preach on some of these. I'm going to preach on the story of Joseph probably next week. Uh, that's an incredible story about how time and time again, uh, you know, David, David got put in prison, but God. You know, David got lied about, but God. You know, David got sold into slavery, or I mean, Joseph got sold into slavery, but God. You know, I mean, time and time again, God showed up. And God was with Joseph, and, and his story was such a great success. Uh, here in 1 Samuel 23, we have the story of David. And, and of course, you know David's story, how he was anointed king way before he became king. And he, uh, you know, and, and he actually served King Saul even after he had been anointed king. Uh, but there come a time when King Saul became, became jealous of David. 
And, and the Bible says, and there's a whole story there to that, but, but the Bible says that every day King Saul and his men tried to find David and kill him. Think about that. Every single day. How would you like to live, how would you like to live your life every day knowing that somebody's trying to hunt you down and kill you? That's a pretty radical. Now, you know, sometimes we feel, we might feel that way. We might feel like people are against us and people are coming against us and saying things and doing things and we might feel like somebody's trying, somebody's really after us. But, but the reality of it is David lived his life for a period of time knowing that the king over the nation and his, and, and his whole army were coming after him trying to find him and if they found him, they would have killed him. Now that's, I mean, that's a pretty radical way to live, right? And then, but look here in, in, uh, Chapter 20, 23, 1 Samuel 23, just skip down to verse 14. We'll just look at this one verse. And it says this, it says, And David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness, or he hid, and he remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day. Every day the king sought him. But listen to this. But God did not deliver him into his hand. Or in other words, other, other translations will say it like this, but God did not allow David to be caught. God did not allow Saul to, to find out where David was. They, there was. There was one time that David was hiding in a cave and Saul was closing in on him and David was in the back of the cave and Saul got tired and he said, I, I, need, to go, I need to go lay down. And he went in the same cave that David was in and went to sleep. And David, David came up to the front of the cave and saw Saul and his men there sleeping. And, Saul, and David could have killed him. I mean, he could have, man, he could have said, man, this guy's after me. He's trying to kill me. I'm, I'm through with this. I'm, I'm just, I, you know, I, I'm not going to put up with this no more. I'll take care of it right now. But instead, what did he do? He cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And when Saul got up that morning and, and they were riding off trying to find David, David yelled from the front of the cave and said, Hey, Saul, King Saul. And he held up that little portion of his, of his robe and he says, he says, I could have killed you, but I didn't. You know, basically, David was trying to call a truce with him. Right? But, but still, Saul, still, to the, to the end of Saul's life, he tried to kill David. But I love that scripture. But God, did not deliver him into his hand. You may feel like people are after you. You may feel like the world's caving in on you. But listen, the but, the but God moment in your life is that God will see you through it all. God will make sure you come out on the other end better than you came in. Come on, man. That's, that's good news. Amen. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5 real quick. And we'll, we'll, we're going to finish up here. Romans chapter 5. We're just laying a foundation this morning. Just... just uh, listen, I want you to be excited about this. I want, I want us to, I want, I want you to be excited to come to church to hear. Well, I want you to be excited to come to church to share some of your but God stories. I want some of y'all to give your testimony. I want some of you guys to share what God is doing and how God came through and, and, and your but God moments. Here in Romans chapter five, uh, and we'll just read, read verse six and six through eight. Maybe we'll read a little bit further, but Romans chapter 5, verse 6 says this, 
Now here we have the contrast of the before and the after the but God statement. For when we were yet still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. Verse 8, but God demonstrates His own love toward us. There that is again, His love. You'll see this is a theme throughout the Word. God, God is constantly trying to show His love. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than... Now listen, that's pretty awesome. You know, right? I mean, that, that God demonstrated His love toward us in that while we were still sinners, while we, we hadn't done anything for God, it says He died for us. That's pretty good. That's, I mean, that's a pretty incredible love. But then look at verse 9. He says, Much more then, having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Amen. That word justified, I, I, the best way I've ever heard it put is just this. The word justified just means this. It's just if I had never sinned. To be justified. Justice, just if I had never sinned. We have been justified through His blood, and we, so we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Verse 10, he goes on to say, For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the the, the reconciliation. Hallelujah. Listen, two little words. Two little words. But what power they have. But... God. You know, I said earlier that 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 one phone call, one phone call can change your life. One one phone call could could send your world into a tailspin or or something like that. But I want to tell you this: two little words can turn your life from a tailspin into a into a wonderful flight. Two little words can change disaster into something that's beautiful. Two words, but God. How many of you are willing, how many of you are willing to to open up your heart and say, God, I, I, I invite you into my life to have a but God moment. You know, this situation I'm going through right now, I'm dealing with this over here at work, I'm dealing with this with my family, I'm going through this with with you know, listen, we've got we've got folks dealing with with this, uh, you know, with with COVID and with with the the effects of all this and and families being affected and people's jobs being affected and and all kinds of things. But you know, why don't why don't we instead of us trying to figure it out on our own, why don't we just turn it over to God and say, God, we invite you to come in. We invite you and we say, God, come in and and allow me to have a but God moment. Where you take the disaster over here and, and you, you show up and turn it into something good. You know, I could tell you, I could tell you story after story about times when, when Stacy and I have seen people's lives seemingly just torn apart. 
and they give God just a little bit of a, a little bit of a, an opportunity and God comes in and just does radical things. I've never, I've never seen opportunities where when people, when people really give him a chance that he doesn't come through. Now I've seen people give lip service and say, well, I'll, yeah, I'll let God do that, but I already know what's going to happen. Well, guess what? You're not giving him much of a chance. Right? I mean, you know, you've already got the, you, you know, you've already shut off the, the, the end by saying that, you know, you know what's going to happen. And, you know, and, and to be honest with you, it's the, it's the old thing, like I said, about, you know, it's, it's, you're, 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 you put more trust in but I than but God. You're saying, yeah, I, you know, I need God to come through this, but I, you know, but I know, I know how it's going to turn out. I know how, I know what's going on, but I, this, but I that. So you know we have we have to get to the place where we can say, but God, I'm gonna I'm giving God the opportunity here, not myself. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Listen, I uh, I want to share this, and we'll and we'll close with this. <clears throat> um, as we were worshiping, um, I just heard the Lord. Uh, and this is something I, I hadn't told anybody this. I mean, it just happened this this morning. Um, you know, if, if we're if if we're serious about this, if we're serious about the word, and we and we believe that the word is true, and and we and we're we're here saying saying you know I want to have a but God moment. Well, guess what? You have you have to give him opportunity to do that. You know, you have to be willing to, you have to be willing to step out to say, you know, God, I'll let you, I'll let you intervene in this situation. So, so while we were worshiping there this morning, um, I, I heard, I heard the Lord just ask me this question. He said, He said, are you, are you really serious about this? You know, I shared with uh, the praise and worship team this morning that, I was watching a video, uh, a Jeremiah Johnson video, a live video he was doing, and he was he was just sharing his heart. He said, "You know, he said I'm concerned because he said because I hear people say all the time that they believe Jesus is coming back, and he said they say it all the time. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. He said, but you know what? He said he said if I if I'm a true believer and I and I truly believe Jesus is coming back." He said, you wouldn't be able to keep me off the, he said, you wouldn't be able to keep me out of prayer. You wouldn't be able to keep me from, from coming to church and wanting to tell everybody about Jesus. You, you, you know, he says all these people that say that Jesus is coming back, but then they, they want to go to their house and not do nothing. He said, man, that, he said, that's not right. He said, if you truly believe that Jesus is coming back, you, you would do something about it. You'd be out, you'd be out witnessing to everybody you could find. Jesus is coming back. Hey, Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? Do you know him? Jesus is coming back. Well, I was I was there worshiping, minding my own business, and uh, and the Lord asked me. He said he said he said Are you serious about that? And I said, Well, yeah, you know I am. And and he said this. He said then he said then give me opportunity to show out. Give me opportunity to to have those but God moments. In your life, in your church's life. So, so as soon as he said that, the first thing I thought of was this: how how could we 
how can, I was like, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? How are we going to do that? And, and uh, we may not start this this week. We'll start it probably next week when we start the fast. But, but we're going to have one night, uh, at least one night during the week, where we go treasure hunting. You might say, what's a treasure hunt? Well, a treasure hunt's where you, where you come, we'll come together and we'll pray for just a few moments, ask the Lord who He wants to, who He wants to point out to us. Might be a shirt, might be a hat, might be a type of car or something at a certain place. And then we go find that person. And then, you know, and, and we've done this before. We've done this a couple of times here. And, and we've always said we want to do it again, but we just never, we just never have done it. Well, guess what? We're going to do it. And we're going to go out and we're going to, we're just going to be God's hands and feet. We're going to bless people. We're going to find, we're going to find out what they need and, and we're going to, we're just going to, we're just going to have but God moments and just see what God wants to do. You see, because here's the, here's the reality of this. If we, if we truly believe it, we'll do something about it. You know, I told that I told that story to the worship team, but I, and I've shared it here before too. But but you know, one time there's a group of uh, people in the church, and the church was full. You know, the regular Sunday morning attendees, and and all of a sudden the the back door busts in, and these guys show up with machine guns and got full military gear on and hoods, and you know they come in and and they start screaming to everybody, "If you're not willing to die for Jesus, get out." We'll give you 30 seconds to get out of here if you're not willing to die for Jesus, you know. Of course, the crowd goes crazy and people scattering, jumping out windows, jumping out, you know, running, running for the door. And, and finally, after about, you know, 30 seconds are up, you know, there's just a handful of people sitting there. And it went, went from a couple hundred just to a handful of people that, that just sit there and said, I'm willing to die for Jesus. After everything kind of calmed down for a minute and they're looking around thinking that they're getting ready to die, one of the gunmen go back there and locks the door turns the lights off, and he says, all right, now we can worship. He said, we just wanted the ones that were serious. Let, let, me, let me just ask you this. If you're serious about your relationship with God, are you willing to allow Him to do something in your life that's unexplainable? Something that, that, you, that you know, we all like to take credit for things, right? Yeah, I did that, I did that. But you see, the but God moments in your life, you can't take credit for it because you had really the only, the only portion you had involved in it was you were there. <laughs> you know, it wasn't because you were good looking or because of who you knew or because of what you had. It was simply that God showed up. And you know, uh, guys, listen, I, I believe with all my heart, I, I do believe with all my heart that we are we're one day closer than we've ever been to Jesus coming back. And if that's true, and, and we believe that, then we should be out telling people about Jesus. We should be doing more than just staying cozy in our comfortable chairs and heated auditoriums. You know, it's time, it's time for us to be the church and not to be a country club or a social club. You know, and, and, and I, and I for one, I for one in, in 2021, I am going to do everything I can do to reach as many people as I can reach 
to touch as many people as we can touch with the good news of the gospel that Jesus loves them. Our, our motto of our church, touching lives with the love of God. It's not condemnation that will get people to, to turn to Him. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. When they, when they understand how much God loves them, then you know what? Those but God moments become life-changing. So many people run from church and run from, from uh, you know, from the things of God because, because their, their picture of God is that He's mad and He's going to get them for all the bad things they've done. But that's not God at all, you know? I mean, God, God, loves, God loves me and He loves you. And He loves us so much that He's given us everything we need to be a success. Just the question is, what are we going to do with it? So I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you this morning. The last few days of 2020 and heading into, into 2021, let's do something different than we've ever done before. Let's step out and be more bold. Let's, let's step out and, and allow God to, to show up and have but God moments every single day. Listen, it's easy, it's easy to get in our routine and, and just, just go with the flow and, and, you know, even a, what's the old saying? Even a dead fish, even a dead fish can float downstream. You know, but I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to float downstream. I want to go upstream. You know, I want to go, I want to go in a direction nobody else is going. Come on. We'll have all of eternity to, to worship and, and to, to think about how great God, how great God is and everything He's done for us. That's going to be a wonderful time. But until we get there, until we get there, let's, let's take everybody we can take with us. Amen. Let's love on everybody we can love. Well, yeah, Pastor, what about COVID? What? Listen, God's bigger than COVID. Now, people are dealing with it. It's real. Listen, I mean, we understand that. We, we dealt with it ourselves in 2020. I'm not saying it's not real at all. I'm just saying, I'm just saying God is bigger than anything we'll ever face down here on this earth. We use wisdom. We understand that. We, I mean, we take precautions. And, but, but what I'm saying is just this. Let's, let's let God be God. And let's step out and just watch Him. Watch Him have those but God moments in all of our lives. Who's with me? Amen. Amen. Yeah, 20, 2021 is going to be a great year. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the start of it. I'm excited about our fast. I'm excited about uh, hearing from God. Uh, I just encourage you. I encourage you to let's, let's, just, let's just step out and just watch God work in a big way this year. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you and then... And then uh, and then we'll, we'll dismiss for this morning. Father, we love you. Ah, we love you. <laughs> You're so good. And Father, there may be even ones in here today that don't know how much you love them. That don't, that they may be facing things, Lord, that I described today where their life is, they just feel like their life's in shambles. And Father, today, 
you you want to you want them to have that but God moment right now. Yeah. We don't have to wait Amen. until a certain time or a certain day or anything like that. Lord, today, right now, is the perfect time to have a but God moment. So, Father, I just I, my prayer is just simply this: If there's one here today that Father that is that is just really struggling or that is uh, that doesn't know doesn't know what to do or how to get through the next part of of their life, the next part of their day, or whatever that case may be. Lord, my prayer is right now that you would just uh, that you would just take the opportunity just to invade that space wherever they are, whether it's here, whether it's online, whether it's listening to a CD in a car somewhere or a podcast. Father, that you would just come in where they are right now and just pour your love out on them. Demonstrate your love to them. I thank you for that, Lord. And Father, I can't wait to hear of the testimony after testimony of the but God moments in in our church's life in 2021. You are so good. And you're so awesome. We love you so much, Father. So we thank you for all that, that you're doing, all that you have done. Father, all that you have in store for us. Oh, you are so, so good. We bless you and we honor you. Just real quick, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I don't want to give, I don't want to miss the opportunity. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you need prayer. Maybe, uh, maybe you're here and, and you would like, you would say, Pastor, I just need somebody to agree with me and, and pray with me right now. Well, man, we'd love to do that. So if you're here today and you say, and you might say, Pastor, I don't even know Jesus. I, I, I need to know him as my personal savior. Or you might say, I do know him, but, but I haven't, I've walked away from him. I've, I've not lived my life like I need to, but today I want to get things right. Or you might just say, Pastor, I just need prayer. I need you to agree with me about something. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? We'd love to be able to pray with you. Anybody at all? Listen, God loves you. If you don't hear nothing else today, just hear that. God loves you. And whatever whatever you're facing today, whatever that need is, whatever whatever that situation in your life is, just know, but God can change it in, in simply simply receiving those two words, but God. <laughs> Amen. Anybody at all need prayer? Anybody would just with the raising of your hand or you want to come forward? We have we have some folks in our church that need our prayers. Um, we have a couple that